And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, your host from Marknology, here with Daniela today. Uh, we're going to be talking Daniela's history, how she got into Amazon, what came before this, where she is in the world. I just want you guys to get to know her. We've uh, spoke at conferences together. We've been on podcasts together. We've been in masterminds together, um, pioneering this Amazon space and really just having fun doing it. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Uh, it's brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Daniela, say hello. Hello. What an intro. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm yet to 100 episodes, so I'm still working it out. But welcome to Startup Puzzle. Thanks for having me. That's that's. Um, I had no idea that we had that much going on together. Speaking, yeah, kind of you know, what we haven't done together is traveled together. That's true. Although we both traveled to Boulder. We just didn't travel together. True. Very true. Right. You're in Peru right now. Were you in I'm Peru in then? I'm in Peru right now. Actually, when, when I landed in Boulder, I was coming from back from Peru. So I went to LA, then Peru, or sorry, have then you, Denver. Have you been in Peru uh, 2020 during the pandemic? I, I was, I'm basically here since January because of the pandemic. <laughs> Got it. That's what I was getting at. Like, have you yeah. left or have you been kind of stuck there? Oh, I've been kind of stuck here, but you know, I feel like that's kind of one of the luxuries of the life that we lead is that we don't actually have to be anywhere. And mm -hmm. we kind of lucked out. I think last year I, I got my apartment set up here so that I could escape the Chicago winters, come here when I want to come here and uh, didn't think I'd be getting stuck here. But it is it is playing to my benefit at the moment. So I'm pretty happy. Well, I know I've been on a Zoom call or something with you where it was your front porch and we were looking at a beach in an ocean, right? Yeah. Is that okay? You're in a closet today to help I'm me with sound. I'm in a closet today. But I'm I've seen not, I'm not at that beach apartment anymore. I'm at my apartment in the city, um, but we're actually headed back to the beach apartment in about a month. So different one, different view, but equally as great. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I know that I didn't end up being, you know, uh, an agency owner in the Amazon business because I accidentally stumbled across it or because, um, you know, I wanted to be in an office like those views and those trips and traveling is, I mean, 100% why I do what I do, um, or at least why I started investigating doing this so that I could be able to travel remote. Let's take a few minutes and just talk about, um, you know, your history before Mindful Goods. Um, and you talked about being from Chicago. Just take me back, like kind of how you how you've progressed to here. So I'm originally from SoCal, actually. And okay. um, I got into the startup scene when I was fresh out of college, moved to Chicago, founded my own startup there. Um, and after exiting and realizing I was kind of a Jill of all trades, I realized I wanted to be kind of a master of one. And I really wanted that focus to be e-com. But as you well know, e-com just in itself is this huge, massive scope. So when I tried to narrow down, okay, what is it exactly that I want to learn with an e-com and focus on moving forward? It's not just like, you know, one thing. Um I, I thought Amazon was going to be, you know, at least niched down enough. But even with an Amazon in the last year, we've niched down. So it's it's incredible, like how how that one lesson, you know, that has I, I've always seen that as like a lesson that I've learned in my life is like that you mm -hmm. can really focus down and then go down even further and then go down even further. And I mean, we're pretty niche at this point, but we're we're doing better than we've ever done. It's unbelievable. Well, I can 
I can relate. I can say that like in my own journey, it was first, I was an e-commerce manager in corporate America. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of everything from, you know, managing that they had an eBay presence, they had an Amazon presence, um, or got them an Amazon presence. You know, we had three to four websites at some of the companies I was at, uh, affiliate marketing, managing the bloggers, email marketing, you know, there's all these kind of niches. And I just fell in love with it. I actually like still just have a, a, a crazy passion for e-com. But it was really like when I was freelancing that um, there was kind of a need on Amazon and I kept getting results on Amazon. And I was like, I don't want to have to have these calls with people about uh, the importance of like, you know, the beginning of the funnel social media or whatever, when I can just like make them direct dollars with Amazon. And for me, it was like advertising. Then it was like, then I fell in love with the branded stuff. And now it's like, how does you know, Amazon connect with everything else. So yeah, right. I think that that's the lesson in that is like, you know, just ever evolving. Um, before we get I don't want to get into mindful goods too much, like about what you do. I want to dig a little bit deeper. You sure. made that really quick. But you set a tech <laughs> startup, you know, I this is a show by founders for founders, like any founder has, you know, probably failed a million times. So feel free to talk about that. Like, so you moved from Southern Cal to right. Chicago out so of what's, school. What's interesting is my pedigree, I would say, is very alternative. Um, it's okay. not a traditional path. And I kind of view every part of my life as a chapter, right? So straight out of college was a time where most millennials had a really hard time finding finding a job. And so uh, being an entrepreneurial you know, at heart, I decided to found my own agency back then, which was a social media agency. Um, and I grew that actually... I went from supporting just like a few people for free just to kind of learn the ropes and teach myself how to do it um, to serving uh, almost 300 brick and mortar restaurants and retailers um, in Orange County, wow. California. Okay. Yeah, which was really interesting because as I was running that, I was also a solopreneur, but I, I hadn't learned the lessons um, of how to scale a business yet. I didn't think what we were doing was repeatable. Um, I, I, I struggled with how to how to really systemize the business. Um, and I actually, at that point, I wanted a team, you know? And so um, I was really fortunate to get picked up by an ed tech startup, um, had a short stint there for about a year or two, um, did some really awesome things with that team and really understood what I wanted in terms of being in the startup world. And uh, I went to a startup weekend event. I don't know if you've heard of those, but they're they're really fun, just people come together and with crazy ideas and they put something together in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And out of that weekend, um, we started a on-demand logistics company, pre Uber, um, and got funding and built a team around it. And at some point had 20 employees and 200 drivers driving for us in the city. And it was awesome. We were taking things store to door. We were like, uh, Postmates, um, without the cool Postmates app that they have now. <laughs> and and actually, you know, we ended up taking that on a good ride. We did that for a few years. And, um, you know, one of the toughest lessons that we learned is that, you know, market shift and everyone saw it with coronavirus. There's things that are outside of your control. And mm -hmm. if you don't leave options on the table for yourself in terms of cash flow, and you think that you're just going to be able to raise another round, then, you know, you're, you have to, you have way less options. And so, um that was where we were left at the end of our road. And, you know, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, you see, you see other people continue on and, and further that dream, but at the same time, it opened the door for, for the path that I'm on now. And yeah, I, the tech startup versus the agency or like, you know, creative agencies, completely different verticals. It is. Like, it's, it's totally different. But what you, what I realized in that experience was, we had 20 angel investors and I think every single one of them for believing in us and investing in us. And that was honestly the personally, the hardest thing for me to get over. It took me years. I'm, I don't even know if I'm still fully over it because you're taking people's money and, and you want to deliver on that promise. And I think it's, it's for some reason, it seems so easy for a lot of men and they just, you know, get up, wipe themselves off and go on to the next venture and they can just continue raising, you know? And I just, it, it was a lot harder for me because I don't feel like I'm going to have that many more opportunities. But on the other side of things, um, what I see is that I was able to understand, like, what kind of business do I personally want to grow without all these other influences telling me the type of business that I should be striving for? Like, I don't actually care about raising a ton of money and becoming a unicorn. Like, I, it's just not mm -hmm. interesting for me at all. I, I no longer want to be chained to a desk, even though I'm in the coolest accelerator in the world. 
I don't care about managing a team of 20 um, if I have to go to the office every single day and be a babysitter, you know, like those kinds of things are the things that no longer interest me. And we are probably one of the first generations that can pick up our laptops and work anywhere in the world. Um, you see more women these days actually opting out of traditional environments because guess what? We are super talented. We can work anywhere in the world. We want to have kids and we don't want to be, you know, taking a lesser pay for it. And so we can make more money at home being with our kids. And I don't have a kid, but most of the women we employ are moms and they are amazing. So, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like society is correcting itself in some ways in that, like, you know, having a parent at home, whether it's the man or the woman being able to be at home, mm-hmm. um, spending more time with family, whether we're, we can work from there, too. That's awesome. Um, plus all the other perks of, you know, everyone has that coworker there. Like at least most people have that coworker <laughs> at a big company they don't want to work with or that, you know, uh, you don't, there's no sexual harassment. You just block, you know, uh, there's a lot of perks to it. And, you know, you're talking about maybe we're the first generation that had it. Like I can 100% attest to that. My dad was a missionary and grew up in Africa till I was 16, you know, and, uh, thinking about me and him being the same, you know, as I get older and like, what do we have in common? And, uh, I'm definitely not in missions. Um, but you know, he was teaching English and doing all kinds of side hustles when we were in Africa to try to keep us there financially and different things. And thinking about how hard it would be to live a life like that, or a life traveling, um, or, you know, giving back or any of those things without a computer, like, without being able to have a job on a computer, I'm just like, it's mind blowing to me. Right. Right. Well, another great example would be my my boyfriend of 10 years partner, uh, Mark, he actually um, has been a chef his entire life. And, you know, when we started thinking about what do we want for our future? What do we want our life to look like every day? What do we want to what do we want to wake up doing? Like, obviously, I'm I have an Internet business, but he didn't at the time. And for him, it was so hard to think, think past like, okay, what could my life look like if I took some of the skills that I do know and translated them to online business, you know, and, you know, he did, he was able to make that transfer into an online business. And I think it, it, it's tough for some people to wrap their minds around it. Um, especially, you know, our parents, my parents, you know, they, they would never, it's not easy for them to think this way, but my mom, my mom does accounting. My mom could do her accounting remote. She just has it firmly embedded into her belief system that it's just not possible. the way she she likes to do it you know the way she likes Um, to do it yeah I think that for me I think part of the fun of e-com has been learning as I get older and I've been doing it longer not initially but like now it's like I really get off I really enjoy talking to older businessmen or women like you know that have they've seen success they've had it they have a successful business in, in those regards but helping them bridge that gap instead of just Mm -hmm. being like i know amazon and i can well i can show you everything about amazon it's like learning their business in the way that it used to work or how business used to work and then being like how can we bring those um principles you know digitally like for example your uh your boyfriend mark the chef stuff, like whether it's recipe guides, whether it's like DIY, you know, um, I'm creating these meals that I'm making that you can, you know, get on a subscription with, or like, you know, it's just like working with, I'm using him as an example, but like working with people to kind of be like, look, I get the digital space. Let me help you think differently about your problem or your project. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. Same. I'm actually even having to reinvent that right now for our business. You know, like we're very, I mean, in the last year, we pivoted completely. We used to be full mm-hmm. service, and now we no longer are full service. We uh, just do product-based optimization work. So we're just doing like a project for a brand, and that's it. And now we're actually rethinking our model again, just to offer one more set of um, more of like e-learning type of stuff for, you know, a certain specific type of client that comes to us that maybe can't work with us yet. So. I mean, I think it's a continual process, but it's it's about being open to these things, you know, and mm-hmm. and and letting yourself think, okay, what could this look like? What should this look like? What do I want it to look like? You know? 
I can definitely say that as I, as I was a young entrepreneur, I'm still a young entrepreneur, but like, uh, I keep correcting myself because I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, at first it was consume, consume, consume books, like mentor, you know, like right. uh, podcasts, mentorships, like all these kinds of things. At the same time, I'm trying to educate, you know, we've, I've worked with over 300 businesses of all types. So I'm trying to talk to them and, you know, advise them, but taking advice at the same time. And, you know, for me, it was, okay, no, they say like service-based businesses are the hardest. They say like scaling an agency is the hardest. You know, they're like, you know, if you're talking to like the broad scope of investors and tech startups and, you know, they're just like agency and service-based sucks to grow. Um, but I love helping people and I love solving problems. So like, mm -hmm. this is a good space for me. And it was, it just took me a, right. It took me a long time to kind of, um, take that advice, but then filter it through like, you know, what gives me joy and trying to do the best thing for me and my family and the business. But at the same time, listening to advice and, and you know, trying to know which way to go was, was a challenge for me. Yeah, I, I can sympathize with that. I actually love some of my favorite people to chat with um, are people like you and I that are really honing in on becoming their master of one, like the people who are in their zone of genius every single day, day in and day out. Um, I, I just feel like you're able to get so much better when you're focused on one thing instead of a million things, you know, like, like, you know, the people that, you know, that do influencer marketing, like so well, that's all they do. They don't, they don't do everything. They don't do like digital advertising on top of it. Like, no, they do influencer marketing and that's what they do every single day. That's what they do. And they're the best at it. You know, have you heard, have you heard the term knowledge broker yet? Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what we are, you know, um, we, and, and one thing I learned too, is like, maybe this is a difference in your first tech startup. You don't know the whole story, but, um, it, you know, the, some things about the tech startups or whatever is that the next idea can come along. That's just like it and replace it or, you know, or a bigger company absorb it. But like with what we do, when you're truly obsessed with something and you become an expert at one thing, um, you become knowledgeable in it you know, that then people are paying for your knowledge, not just the widget that you've made, right. so to speak. And then that that is something that really, um, you know, is a game changer. You can have all the money in the world. You can't, I don't think you can get the knowledge that me and you have about Amazon. You can't really buy it. You have to, you could either hire us, right? Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, but you can't just be like- acquire us. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's something, you know, it's something that it was really hard. It's really hard. Um, at least the learning curve, you know, is really hard. Um, and that's something I think about often when I think about, oh my God, this is so challenging or, uh, do I want to be doing this? Is this like what I get joy out of? And I think, well, um, you know, most things that are worth having are hard. Uh, and so, you know, thinking about this, this area that we're in with that mindset of the difficulty level being hard, but that's because we're pioneering a space in my opinion. Right. Right. I also Let's think about it's about like assessing where you're at right now. Cause it's, there's sometimes where you're like, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this, but really like, do you need to do all of it? Do you need I to do all of it? Like, what are the things that actually make you happy so that you can like filter out all the stuff that's just not, not bringing you joy. You're just doing it just because you saw someone else doing it, or you think you need to be doing it to grow the business, but really you don't, you know, like I, I, I look at what we've done in the last few years to grow the business. There's really only one thing that I've done like consistently. And that's like shown up online and shared my knowledge. Like mm -hmm. I've done that nonstop the last three years. I haven't been investing in social media in that way. I haven't been running ads. I haven't been um, doing all the 50 million things that me as a marketer and other marketers like think and say, and, you know, think you should be doing all the time. Like there's just one thing I've been doing. Been that's an influencer. It. Yeah. You've been an influencer in a way, right? Like for yourself. For myself, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, maybe it was Gary Vee that put me on that years ago, but it's just been like create content and give value, you know, create content and give value. Um, and there's an authenticity to it that I enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. specifically around, um, you know, and when it's hard, you don't mind giving it away because you're like, look, if you, if you actually take everything I'm sharing and you go do it yourself, then we're actually going to be friends. Like, right. honestly, because I'm going to be like, dang, you can do it, too. And there's like not that many of us. And, right. you know, that's how I feel. Right. Um, it's not, you know, if we're talking about, I think I heard the number thrown around that there's about 50 agencies that do what we do at a at a good level. 
okay uh amazon agencies and uh of those 50 like let's just say there's 150 let's say there was 550 even if you think that number is crazy right think of all the product brands that are in the world totally I right think like it's, it's a low number i guess it depends on what you call an agency because there's there's probably a million consultants out there i wouldn't necessarily call them an agency but they're some of their services are complementary to what we do I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm specifically talking to like who could work with brands at a level that could work with brands. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that sell themselves on Amazon, things like that, but specific Amazon agencies that aren't just like one or two people in another, you know, marketing agency. I think the number is, is smaller than you think. Huh. Um, okay. So yeah. So well, I know, uh, I know like 10% of them then. No, I know 20% of them then. <laughs> I mean, that- there's a reason why we keep connecting and why, you know, we, when we talk about people in the space, we know exactly who it is. And, you know, you're rarely caught off guard by a company that you're just like, no, never heard of them. Like, you know, um, and I don't spend a lot of time even seeing what's out there, but, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about mindful goods. You talked a little bit about you guys like changing your direction. Um, and you know, when we first met, I think it was at, uh, the econ bootcamp for food brands. Mm-hmm. if we had met already online and um then i think you were full service you were full service agency we full service. And, full- mm-hmm. and, and so i want to explain just to anyone listening because you know this isn't an amazon show per se you know so there's a lot of listeners that come from a whole bunch of different backgrounds so a full service amazon agency is an agency that's working with a brand and there can be different levels of this but working with a brand or a seller on amazon um, that's kind of managing their store and helping them in all aspects and on an ongoing basis is like part of their team or a partner. Um, cause there's so many things you got to do. It's not just, we're not just ad agencies, even though that's where I got my start, you know, in advertising strategy, strategy, yeah, it's strategy and, and branding and design and right. It's all, all, logistics, right? We have to know a bit about logistics. Like, I mean, it's, it's the full thing. That's why we call it full service. Let's talk break it down for me for listeners like uh, assuming if you can just like i want you to bring it down even just like to a little bit more elementary sure. level um what it is that you guys do um how how you're different in, in that way um and and why you chose to go that way we are the first stop for amazon brands that's the way i explain it we're the one stop shop first step So when you're about to get your product listed on Amazon or when you've hit kind of a plateau on Amazon and you're ready to reinvest in your listings, you come to us and we basically dial up your creative and your SEO copy so that your look, tone and feel is everything that it should be on Amazon to help you stand out. So um, that's the way that I explain it. Um, But if you think of it from, from the life cycle, right, we help you get set up. Then the next step is you have to drive traffic and boost. And um, within that is making sure that your products get to Amazon, making sure that you are, you know, figuring out what your ad strategy is going to be. And that's where you start getting into this, like either full service mode, which is, which is what Marknology is going to be doing for you. Or, um, or it's something where entrepreneurs start to learn it themselves. Right. Is that where your training will come in? It goes in this cycle, right? The training, I think, is going to be more for um, probably brand builders who are who have sort of a digital background or design background, and they're really just wanting to understand what are all the little tiny things that we look at with Amazon because we're optimizing every single day. So what are the kind of split tests that you can run? What are the times uh, types of little like eye candy you can apply to main images to improve your click-through rates? Like, what are all those like little um, optimizations that, that we just know intuitively because we do this stuff every day. Um, and how can they start thinking about this to apply it to their listings on their own? Right. So it's not an Amazon training course. There's a million of those out there. There's probably only one or two that you and I would recommend for brands. Um, and so this is not that this is going to be something very specific for, um, we actually do have a number of brands that will get what's called like a mini audit on our site. And I'll just run through their listing and just be like, here's the 10 things you should adjust. And, um, and it's really for those people who are like, okay, how do I do that? Yeah. I love that. When are you going to have an event in Peru? I'm trying to. (laughs) Maybe we should have like a live podcast session from here in Peru. 
I will totally come. I promise you. Like I will. Uh, no, that's <laughs> awesome. And thanks for sharing. And and I think that you know, are you saying that there's more to Amazon than top line sales? Is that what you're kind of saying? We should focus on more than top line sales. I'm saying that once you once you hit that plateau, sometimes of your top line sales, it's time to go back and optimize. Because like, what if there's more that's on the table? Well, Okay, like images, copy, SEO, conversion rate, stock rate, right. those kinds I think, of things. I think, I think in the like, even as 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 far back as like a few years ago, like people just got really lucky, you know, like people were able to list things mm-hmm. on Amazon and they were able to sell. And you know, you know the same people online who are on LinkedIn, like bragging about how well they did. You know, like those same people are launching brands today and not doing as well. So like the game is changing, and you know. I think gone are the days where people can just get by with, you know, just uploading whatever's in their Dropbox and, you know, crossing their fingers. Like, it's just not, that's just not the way Amazon works anymore. So yeah, from, from my perspective, like I, I've been doing this nine years obsessively, like I say obsessively, like, cause it's applied. Uh, and I've seen it change from like where reviews used to win the day, you know, and then they fixed that issue where you couldn't just, you know, manipulate it to where, I remember I I didn't have as big of a circle and there wasn't like, I didn't know of Amazon agencies or anything like that at that time. And I remember just firmly believing that Amazon SEO was a thing. Like I just remember being like, no SEO matters. Like, you know, the keywords, like that keywords have to be in the listing to rank and no, you just need reviews. Like, you know, and that was true. It didn't mean that the SEO didn't matter. It was just the SEO, the reviews mattered more. Right. And it would like, kind of trump my theories in those early days. And now, um, you know, you talk about those brands getting lucky, you know, it was the brands that had seemed to have a good keyword in their title by accident, or that would, you know, stuff some keywords in their back end search terms, or, um, you know, they were kind of getting lucky. Why? Because they had the big box retailers on Amazon, but just like, or there was demand and there wasn't that much competition yet, you know? Exactly. And there wasn't a tool to find out what the demand actually was. And now there's a ton of them, you know? (laughs) Right. And I love it. I mean, I remember when Amazon came down hard on the reviews, like because that Wall Street article published or something. And I was just like, you know, the the few freelancers or brands I was working with were like panicking because we were using like, we were using giveaway strategies, like, Mm -hmm. you know, giving away product to get reviews. That was just okay back then. And, um, they were just panicking, like, well, how else are we going to get our listing up? And, and I was just like, yes, now all the things that I care about are going to matter. You know, I, I remember having that day, that day and, um, you know, that's what you focus on right now. And that's like very common, um, expertise, not common expertise it's common knowledge that that matters, uh, to focus on conversion rates and copy and the images and, um, all the way down to like, you know, we did a case study together, Marknology and Mindful Goods around uh, PicFu. Right. right? I give them, a, give them a free shout out. But, um, you know, I regret not giving photography enough attention in the early days. Um, just the, the brands I was working with were private label. Like, um, they didn't want to spend money on photography. Didn't and I didn't have to. You didn't have to. Now mm-hmm. you do. And now it's like, nobody wants to see something ugly on Amazon. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the stat, the the or the, not the status quo, but um, the standard has risen. The standard is a lot higher now. That's true. Yeah. So, um, you know, around the educational piece, um, trying to think about like you know where you're going with that. I know that I've wanted to have a course, um, and for me, I know that it's been probably an insecurity of mine. But I've been like, okay. A lot of the courses out there are 101. I want to put out something that shows like that reflects Marknology's expertise, you know, that if someone's taking it, they're going to be like, wow, like these guys are legit. They're teaching me really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that has held me back from, you know, putting out educational material around what we do. Hey, that's Um, something all of us struggle with, you know, also, you know, to be fair, Amazon's changing so much. So it's hard to really pin down like what that knowledge would be that wouldn't require you to be updating it all the time because you don't want it to be another job. The whole point of putting out content is that, you know, you can actually make money off of it and like kind of let it, let it do its thing, you know? Yeah. So that's a challenge with Amazon in general, but I think your expertise is very, very specific and so valued. There's not very many people putting out more advanced strategies or even just, you know, it was interesting. I was chatting with with a, a PPC, Amazon PPC friend of mine and 
we were saying like, gosh, there's really not a course that's like explaining like all the different strategies versus like, or how you would apply them maybe to different types of products, brands at different stages of their business, right? Because obviously you can go on Amazon and spend as much as you want. Um, but most of the brands that we work with at Mindful Goods, I would say like 90% of them have very like limited funds. Like we have 5% mm-hmm. of clients. We do get the occasional brand that's like backed by Google or whatever, but a majority of brands are, are like you and I, if we were going to start a, a brand ourselves and we need some help and we don't know where to start. Right. And we don't have tens of twenties of thousands of dollars to be putting into marketing up front. We need to figure out what are we going to do with these limited resources that I have to get this thing off the ground. And then I'll reinvest at that point, right? And kind of step ladder into it. Well, there really isn't anybody that I know of that's helping people get from zero to 10,000 a month through PPC learning, you know? And then, and then, okay, once you do get to that level, then what, you know? I'm trying to train uh, a guy right now in Marknology. He's going on a sixth week um, specifically for PPC and ads. And, um, you know, I've done this nine years. I know how to do it. It's really hard to teach it. Uh, mm. You know, you can I can teach the principles, but it's just like I do things without even knowing that I'm doing them, you know, and I'm just looking at the data. It's just like, you know, yeah. you're doing your thing. It's kind of like a dance. That's how I know? am creatively. Like I, I was actually chatting with a, a brand, a, a guy on the brand side. For those of you that don't know what that means, like somebody who worked with a brand that handled their creative or marketing, right? And I was saying like, gosh, do you know anybody else like, like you and I that can just like look at things and intuitively know what needs to change? Like that can just like look at it creatively from the shopper's eye and and know, okay, these five things we need to, we need to move on, you know? And he was like, no, I only know it. Cause like, I've been doing it with a brand, you know, and I, I know what to look for now. And like, you have that experience, that life experience of like working with the brands that you have and really getting like getting to test as you go and then it becomes so intuitive to you that you don't really it's like second nature you know and i think that's i'm like very thankful that because i love it but i'm thankful (laughs) that i like found this space and kind of where i'm at because you know working with 300 brands i I try to think of other jobs other careers that are like would put me in an opportunity to work Mm -hmm. with either vps ceos founders at a high level you know, at least the strategists at a high level in those businesses, um, evaluating their business, talking to them about strategy, talking about their customer, uh, figuring out how to make their brand work on Amazon, essentially like getting their customer to buy in over and over and over across 300 different verticals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk about how can I do that? How, or how you're like, can anyone else do it like this? Um, and I, I guess for me, it's just like, it's, it's fun to bring to a different industry, you know, what you've learned somewhere else, like whether it was like, you know, we learned this with food brands and now we're taking it to an apparel and being like, Hey, I saw a brand do this cool thing. Um, But you're, you're right. You just start to get this like sixth sense, I guess around like, no, the customer is going to be looking at this and thinking this. And how do you know that? Like, well, just we're data scientists kind of in a way, you know, is it, is it, is it a data scientist or is it the creative side? It's kind of both. Well, or you could just be like, well, I'm going to show you how I know because I'm going to run it on PickFu right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's like my favorite go-to tool whenever I'm trying to explain something to a to a client. I'm like, well, you don't need to listen to me. I'm only one data point. Let me give you 50 more. <laughs> You're right. And I think that's one thing that I I love about what we do is it's not all opinion-based, yeah. right? It's, a, it's opinion-based backed up with data. And, um, you know, it's the fun part. It's like, hey, we don't have to guess about this. We can run ads and tell us what keywords are working or we can run, you know, uh, a survey or a test on like a program or a software like PicFu and be like, what image do customers like and why? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started removing that kind of like opinion um, only type of conversation with brands or even in my own internal dialogue, it really changed what I was open to trying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually realized like we we are just one one data point. Um, one interesting one that came up recently was um, a mutual connection of ours um, approached me for some optimization work for one of his clients. And he was like, this um, client actually doesn't realize what's going on with the packaging. So he just dropped the link to the uh, or no, he put the photo of the actual packaging on PicFu and ask all he did was ask, like, what do you think this is? And like 95% of respondents had no idea what the product was. So like, 
like, even though you might think as a brand builder that you know what you're doing, you got your packaging figured out, you're ready to go to market, you know, like you still need to do these tests to like, does the world understand what you're trying to achieve? Like you might, you might think you're putting something out there that's like ready to go and you can run something that's like, I think it's like a $50 test in PicFu or something, you know? And then you can understand, whoa, we need to hit the brakes and, and like fix this. Because if you went to market with that, you'd be losing thousands of dollars instantly. Right. Not to mention the, the lost, like if you were going to brick and mortar, the lost relationships, you know? They just wouldn't, had, they wouldn't order from you after that, you know? Before, before <laughs> I was in business, I couldn't have had those conversations, like as a person, like on a personal level, like, uh, you know, um, confrontation, healthy confrontation, or just like, this is my opinion, you know, was not a thing I did. Like, I guess I was raised in that environment. We didn't really have confrontations. Um, and now I, I have this feeling in the back of my head that if I don't have this conversation with them, they're not going to be successful. Right. And they're not going to be successful. Then ultimately, I'm doing them a disservice, even though it's painful in the short term. Right. right. You know, because I'm like, if I don't have these hard conversations with them about not having a clue or the, these photos really suck or like, Hey, I know this is like your nephew in the pictures, but like, right. it's not a great look, you know, or it's going to come off this way. And you can have, you know, you can be, um, you know, soft about it, but in a way it's like, no, I need to be, I'm way, I'm way better. You need to be straightforward and be like, these things are holding the product back. People don't understand what's going on. Right. Um, and, and the smaller the brand, the harder that is, because a lot of times they're the ones that have put in a lot of that work to get them where they are. Right. I, and, and that's just as valuable sometimes. Right. Cause I remember when I was, when I was younger, um, I felt like I was always searching for, or always, I was always searching for someone that knew more than me so that I could ask them their opinion of what they thought. And, and I remember going through Techstars is very much that like whiplash of mentors. Like every single day I was talking to a different mentor and, and they, of course, every mentor has an opinion of how you should be running your business. But at the end of the day, it's your business, you know? So like mm -hmm. there's judgment calls that I, that I, that I have clients make where I'm like, look, this is one of those judgment calls where you as the entrepreneur need to make the decision because ultimately like that's what matters in this one, you know? And there's other ones where I can actually say, you know what? we're just talking about this. this is just theory. Let's just get some data behind this. You know, there's data decisions and then there's like intuitive gut. Like I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the one running this business every single day. I need to make this decision, you know? So where do you think that came from in your life? Like that? How did the shift happen? Yeah. Just experience experience, you know, I, after it was actually after we deliver, um, I went into a situation where um, uh, I went working for another tech startup and I had all these doubts from my previous experiences about how we were running our company, where we were we like being the best leaders that we could for our employees. Um, like I was just always having doubts. And then when I went into mm -hmm. this other startup and saw how they were running their team, I was like, wow, we were freaking awesome. And here I was over here thinking like, you know, we have so much to do. We have so much to grow. We're not living up to our expectations. Our investors think this, our team thinks that none of it was true. It was all just like stuff in my head, you know? And then I go into this other experience and it was just instantly, instantly. It was an awful experience and it made me realize how amazing we were like almost instantly. And after that point, I just realized like I was searching for something that I had in me the whole time. And I just wasn't tuning in to myself, you know? I love that. No, I love that. And it's like, that's why I feel I'm so thankful for entrepreneurship um, because I feel like it's forced me personally to level up and like really just look inward when maybe I wouldn't have in certain areas without business. Um, certain areas just wouldn't have got the attention. I would have focused on something else, you know? And, um, you know, I'm thankful for those moments. It's typically I relate it to business, but like I'm talking about myself in the same way, you know, and you're talking about looking inward or like trusting your opinion or like when your gut is in alignment, um, being able to feel it and knowing when, hey, like this is a data decision or hey, this is just like, no, this is my business. I'm going with it. 
Um, I didn't look to mentorship for so long because I didn't feel like anyone was truly listening to what I was trying to build and that it was different than like what was out there. This so isn't a marketing agency. I had it, but I just like you, I was like, you know, I would go to talk to someone smarter than me, um, you know, to get their opinion or their like, you know, who you, suggestions. Think, who you think is smarter than you, but, but they're, but they're really just smarter at their thing. Mm-hmm. They're smarter at their thing. Like nobody's the expert in your business except you, you know, and, and you're the one who's passionate about it. It's a kind of the same, same kind of mixed up thinking we get about people like, Oh, this, I can't tell people my idea. They're going to come steal it. You know? And it's like, no, because guess what? You're the one who's passionate about that idea and, and you're going to put your own special magic twist on it. You know, like, yeah, if you don't have 10,000 pounds of like, uh, passion behind any idea, it's not going to work anyway. Yeah. Like you have, you have your line of products, right? You have your own agency, Mm -hmm. you have your own line of products, but like anyone could have been like, well, I don't want to create a a line of a clothing line because there's a million other clothing lines out there, you know, but at the end of the day, you're like, no, I think there's, there's a gap in the market and I have this unique idea and it's like going to fill up a special place in me that I, I think as an entrepreneur, this should be in the world. And like, I, it's interesting. Cause I'm, I'm doing the same thing right now too. We're launching a, a, a product as well. And it's the same kind of thing where it's like, it's not something that anybody else would think to put in the world. It's just something that I personally want to see in the world. So I'm doing it, you know, <laughs> it's I'm not like trying to, you know, become the next like multimillionaire off this thing. I'm just, I believe this thing should be in the world. That's it. Having launched like so many products and brands now in hindsight i'm just like if you have a good product if you have like a product that will review well that has a good price point it's quality i'm like you can be successful if you do the right things back then i didn't know that and i I remember going to like 10 of my best friends none of them were really in business but they're close to me and i think eight out of ten were like that's not a good idea (laughs) well Uh, you could have you could have had the opposite too though you could have had people being like, that's a great idea. You should go for it. And then you launch something. You're like, everyone hates it. Why did I listen to them? You know? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And I, I think it, it's gone. At first it was like a lot of naysayers. And now, then I got a lot of yes people. And now it's about finding some yes people and some no people. Right. You know, you need your like supporters, but like you need someone that's going to tell you that's a bad idea. But I also think like the why behind you're doing something is more important anyways. Like, I noticed the people that gravitate towards us and the reason why we're, I feel like we're so lucky is because the people that are that we're working with are brand builders who are thinking like, I want this thing in my life three to five years from now. They're not like just creating a face mask because it's coronavirus time and they want to, you know, have like a line of face masks all of a sudden, you know, like these are people who are like, no, I've, I've been working on these like headphones or, you know, this line of hats for a really long time or, you know, like people that really truly believe in something that they're building and, and they, they want to see this in the world. And 10 years from now, they want to be like, yeah, I created that. And it's, and people dig it, you know? And that's like, that's cool. Like we all have a creator inside of us in that way. Yeah. For me, like, and because of that, I, I honestly love working with businesses that are like, um, I wouldn't say are all bootstrapped, but a family owned or privately owned um, because it just tends to be, and I'm speaking in generalities, but it tends to be that those businesses are more about the long game. They're into the sweat equity, you know, it's been passed down through family or it's been started for the next family um, or the, you know, and it's not just, uh, they care more about the longevity and like, you know, really creating quality, strong relationships than, than the brands that I've worked with that have a lot of investors that have like these marks to hit and, you know, we're making decisions strictly based off of business and, and not all heart. Um, and it just makes, it's, it's harder to connect. It's harder to make those, like, uh, those judgment calls that you might not see for six months or a year, but you have a feeling that that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. You know, have you seen, I, I know you said you work with smaller brands, but and you've been in tech. I mean, Techstars is huge. You know, we have Techstars here in KC as well. Um, do you work with any brands that have investors now? We have a brand right now that's backed by Google. So we do we do everything. Um, but yeah, it's a totally different dynamic, you know. But it's for, a different for, dynamic. Instance, for instance, we're working on that 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 project, right? Which is, you know, a crazy amazing. It's like, you know, you have this crazy budget you can work with. You're doing this awesome creative. And then at the same time, we have a bootstrap founder who's been working on this product that 
like for 10 years, she's been trying to get on store shelves. She's been like iterating on it. She's been like listening to shoppers, going into stores, doing demos and just coronavirus hits. And she's like, I just got to get this up on Amazon now because like, how long am I going to keep working on this without, without like getting some decent sales and like not a marketer, not a digital background um, in an older age group, uh, but passionate and putting out a product that is amazing. And it's going up against Hershey, you know, like going up against a big established brand in the marketplace. And those are the brands that are losing their brand equity right now because they're not listening to shoppers. You know, like if you go and look and read the the reviews of like Hershey's chocolate syrup, just so many parents are hating on it. Like, why can't you change the recipe and take out the corn syrup? Like, why can't you just change the recipe? You know, hundreds of reviews, hundreds of reviews, and they're not listening. And no then you have, they're not the ones this, selling this, this female founded company who's been working on this product that doesn't have added sugar, that's better for your gut anyways, that's actually like a healthier, way healthier alternative. And I'll, I'll say it's Cocoa Lassus. So you guys, are, if you're listening, go try it. It's freaking awesome. But she just believed in this thing for so long. It was like, I want to see this in the world. And she could have stopped so many times. Like she had to switch the manufacturing process. She had to switch her packaging from like uh, glass to plastic to, to glass again, or like all, you know what I mean? Like she went through the ringer trying to get this product to market, you know? And, and yeah, <laughs> how you feel working with her when you help her win, it's like, it's hard to match that. I got an email from her last week, actually. And she was like, we haven't even turned on marketing and we already have uh, X amount a month in sales and it's more than I've ever done. And I'm so happy. And thank you so much. And I was just like, that's, that is, that is why we do this. That is why I think people have this like misconception of like, oh, we need to shop local Amazon's, you know, so bad for the world and whatever. Like there's that whole camp. Right. But who, what business do you know that has made more millionaires out of the general public than, than Amazon? Like Mm -hmm. Amazon is local. There are more. It's just retail. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon is local. Like Andrea from Coco Lassus, perfect example. She lives in my backyard, created this awesome product, and she is now local on Amazon. You know? Mm-hmm. I love that. Thanks for sharing that because that's definitely how I feel as well. Um, I get like so what passionate lo- about it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, it, what is local anymore anyway? Right. You know, it's like, it's just, um, you know, I have small brands now that are international. And I mean, are they a local brand or have we made them international? I don't know. They're still small. They're still like, you know, a family owned business. Yeah. Um, but the, the market's getting more international and global. Um, every single day. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's a big thing that we do is I'm, I'm pushing brands to just expand because like simple things like winter here is summer in Australia. Why not be selling in Australia in the summertime seasonal? if you have, yeah, you shouldn't be seasonable mm-hmm. anymore. You shouldn't be seasonable. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, growing brands, I want to give full scale another plug, our sponsor, um, full scale.io helps work with companies and brands that need development needs. So, I've worked with them and will be working with them like on my systems and infrastructure, like onboarding brands, like creating some of that automation, um, you know, a cheaper alternative to finding someone in house. And um, it's another way that you can p- kind of piecemeal that team that you need um, specifically when demand is like crazy right now for developers. So once again, shout out to our sponsor, fullscale.io. Uh, let's take that. Let's take that moment to talk about. Uh, I just want to ask about Mindful Goods. Do you guys do anything off Amazon, or is it strictly Amazon right now? Strictly Amazon right now. Yeah. Okay. We I, knew, do. I knew you we used to do something with like Facebook, and I just didn't know how that all plugged in. We so we have partners for everything at this point because I I like I mentioned before I'm like a believer in you know people in their zone of genius. So I I don't believe that great um, great. PPC people who focus on on Facebook are the same people who do PPC for Google, who do PPC for Amazon, like who do content marketing. Like I believe they do the one thing. They do it so well. They're in it every single day. Those are the best people. And sometimes they're not at agencies, you know, sometimes they are. So it's just about finding the right fit for you. Um, We happen to do one thing. We do optimization for Amazon. We help people get their listings set up and we help them optimize them. That's it all day long. So copy graphics. Um, we do video content. Um, we do a couple of like the add-on things that you can do to really make a listing, like all the bells and whistles type of stuff. So we'll do video shorts. Um, we'll do e-com style videos that people can use on Amazon and on their websites. Um, yeah. So we get, we do anything in like the creative wheelhouse. 
Okay. I love it. Um, and I knew that I knew that when we talked last, you were doing like, I felt like you were one in the mastermind that was doing a lot around list building, you know, for, for Amazon. Right. But like, you know, to do giveaways or launches or things like that. Yeah, um, we used to do those. We don't, we don't do them. Obviously the market's shifted. Um, we, we partner out for stuff like that and make sure that they're, okay. they're, um, they're playing nice with Amazon that they're, you know, compliant. Um, I do think there's still a need for that, right? Like if you don't have reviews on Amazon, you're just not going to sell. So like you have to find something that works that's within compliance. So I do think it's, it's, it's getting legit now. Like, like the way that people are doing it, it's not, it's not about like just bots, you know, gamifying. Yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not about building something, um, building a system in that sense. It's more about connecting with humans, you know, it's back to maybe what it should be, you know? Yeah. And you can't connect with human. Like think, I think about it like this, like when people are trying to rush a timeline and rush social media, rush brand building, um, you know, I'm like, you can't, you're building a relationship. A brand is a relationship with customers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your relationship with customers. You're not going to, who's, mo- who's, more in important, who's more important than your first hundred customers. Really? Like that's, that's no the one. most important people you should be talking to. You know? They're going to be the ones talking about you, spreading your stuff, like, you know, and that you can't rush a relationship. I guess that's what I, you know, what I would say to any brands or founders out there listening. And we get so impatient trying to grow sales and grow all these things. I'm like, you're growing relationships, um, you know, and that's just something that takes time. Uh, and it takes, that's why we A-B test. That's why we optimize. That's why we like, let's get, let's talk to our customers just a little bit better. Right. And our, and our like brand loyalists, like. Like, do you want someone to just post about you once on Instagram or do you want somebody who's posting about you every month because they believe in what you do? It fits their lifestyle and they believe in it. Like, it's like a real thing for them. Not this, this, you know, brands trying to pay me to post one thing on Instagram, you know? Yeah, totally. I, uh, I, I'm working with a brand that has like a big influencer base or a big social, a big social base. And I have yet to to dig into it with them in regards to like how we're going to launch Amazon and um, you know, how we're going to be able to use that for this. And I know that she has a huge following with, um, but this brand is new. The brand's new, but the influencer is not. So it's going to be really interesting at a high level to really test um, you know, how some of that works and, and thinking about, uh, you know, because like you said, we work with these brands that don't necessarily have this presence yet. That's why they're coming to us to help get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, working with one that does, I'll definitely have to keep you in the loop. Um, I, my head was just running when you were talking about, you know, just kind of, you don't want them to post once you don't just want, you know, a single yeah. post. You don't, you want someone that's in your corner, that's supporting your stuff. That's like this chocolate is the best stuff I've ever had since sliced bread. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and did what, you, did, what better than like, if your product kicks ass, like you don't really have to sell it that hard. Like a client, that's a really great example of a, of a following. That's just like advocating for them is a client we had called Oogie Bear. They are phenomenal. Like it's a, it's a baby tool that all the moms want. It's like, it should be on every person's gift registry. And like, they already had this like really incredible foundation that they're building with their influencers. And we were able, like, they're already like a number one bestseller. We didn't really have to do much. All we did was say, look, let's take all this amazing content that you have from these people that love what you did and they're posting like crazy online. Let's just take it and show it. Like, let's take all this mm-hmm. and show it on your Amazon listing as like, look at all these people. They genuinely love your product. Like you have a home run, you know, it's not even Where like can people find that Amazon. What was the name of that product? Oogie bear. Oogie bear. I'm giving them a free shout out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Female founded. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And female supported, right? If you're helping her out. So, um, Mark, we give you credit too, if, if he's helping you too. <laughs> uh, but, um, question. Okay. So I, before we wrapped up, I wanted to talk to you just, you're in South America, right? Yeah. You're in South America. Are you on, are you in any of the platforms on Amazon in South America? So like no. Amazon Brazil or no, okay. we're not. Um, I've been testing, purchasing just to understand the, the flow and what's warehoused here and what's not. And it's just not there yet. Like it's, it's really far behind. Um, it'd be interesting to, to use FBA here and see, you know, if how things show up in search um, for the most part, what people do here, it's just a different, it's a, it's unbelievably different. The buying landscape. I know you've had really great success with like 
getting clients to ship to FBA in other countries. If you have anyone that wants to try Peru, I'd love to uh, see what that's like here and see if it helps them. Um, but I think for like the home staples, like things that people genuinely want, like all over the world in other countries, like why wouldn't you launch in every country? Like why wouldn't you ship to every other country just slowly scale, you know? Right. So like there's, there's yeah. a lot of things that you just know are going to be hits worldwide, you know? I would love to try Amazon Brazil. I mean, knowing their economy is just absolutely booming and, um, you know, get a chance to get in there and just kind of test the waters. Yeah. Brazil and Peru. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really hard to get the same things here. Like, um, just things that you, you just don't even think about like my hair cream that I like that I get at target, you know, that's like a Shea Moisture brand, you know, like, I'm like, I want this specific brand here. And it like, yeah, it's impossible yeah. to find. They only have like two hair gel, curly hair, hair gels, then they both don't work for my hair. So it's like, what do you do when you're stuck in a country, especially in this scenario? But um, I, I, another, like, that was like another moment that I had, like, gosh, we are so lucky in the U S to just be able to just click a button and get every single thing we want. And this is going to happen all over the world, whether we like it or not, like it's happening, you know? So. Yeah. I was just talking to, there's a new program by Amazon. I'll just give a little plug there. It's called AGL. Amazon Global Logistics and think of it like the partnered carriers in dot com, okay. right? Um, but where you you book your shipping and Amazon, you know, schedules the truck and you know, you get the pallet labels, it's already prepaid, but for freight, ocean freight from China or from different parts around the oh, world. Oh, really? And so yeah, they're essentially you're getting it right from the manufacturer, wherever it is directly in Amazon containers uh, through Amazon's program. You book it through carrier central. Is this in beta and, or what? You got the link for this? You're going to hook me up? Oh, I can, I can hook you up. <laughs> and, uh, like right now. <laughs> so then you're going from container straight. It's, you know, you can't do it. You can't do it through Amazon and then go to your own private warehouse, but you can, if but you're you doing it through Amazon, your, your inventory, right? Right there. Right cool. there. Yeah. And so, you know, it will show your inventory inbound. You'll be able to track it. It will show that it's in stock before it gets there. Well, and they probably on have great rates like they do with UPS. It's amazing. You get discounts. They even have an 18-day ocean, uh, which is just like you're paying a little bit more, but you're getting it fast. Is there a minimum um, on what you have to ship? Uh, minimum quantity? I think they're making it easy because of the issues we're having with uh, storage for a lot right. of brands, right? Right, the storage issues because of the pandemic, essentially. Right. Um, so when I was speaking with her, and I've just spoken twice, but um, you know, she was talking about being able to separate that out. So, like, let's say you're sending a container to Amazon, but they're only taking a pallet, for right. example. Um, they can hold the other ones until it's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot going on and I'm not, uh, import export specialist. I've done it. I've seen it, you know, seen it done, but, um, it's pretty cool. And I, I bring it up because, uh, you know, Amazon's going to, they're not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. They're continuing to make it easier for international expansion, um, make it, you know, more cost effective for the sellers by either incentivizing us to go to Amazon Brazil or Amazon Peru or helping you set up that, you know, or helping you handle your logistics and make it easier. Um, yeah. So I'm, I mean, the, the day, my day will be made when I'm like in a country visiting and I'm seeing products that I know I launched there for the first time, you know, <laughs> and being like, cool, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's, it'll be even cooler if it's a local brand, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, it's a lot of fun what we do. So if I, if I get someone that's willing to take the bait, I'm going to call you up and have you help me. All right. I love that. I would love to test it out for sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Dan Daniela, it's been awesome having you on. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, I'm going to be following. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And I know you just shared a small glimpse of it. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, when Jessica connected us, I had already had a short list going like, and your name was at the top of it. Aww, awesome. um, yeah, for who I was going to send out <laughs> invites to soon. And I was like, one, I was like, does she, is she like creeping on me on my computer? You know, like how does, <laughs> you know, how what's does funny she is know? I thought the invite came from you directly. So I was like, I was like, that's so weird. I didn't even know you, you two knew each other. So it's awesome. Well, okay. So it was, oh, I was cool. reaching out directly and then Jess reached out and I was like, how do you know Daniela? That's so <laughs> crazy. Cause she's like in Peru and there's not that many of us that do Amazon. Like startup like, world meets Amazon world meets agency world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't have the tech stars background. Okay. I didn't have that background. So I was just like, 
wow, what a small world. <laughs> again, thank you for being on. It's been great pleasure as always. And let's connect offline. Sure. Um, love to tell you about what's going on with AGO. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. You're Thanks welcome. Sir. Thanks again to our sponsors, Fullscale.io, uh, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. If you have any software development needs, they're your spot. Start there, Fullscale.io. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.